There is no error with your audio outputs. Do not attempt to fix any sound issues. We are monitoring you with this device. We control your options and settings. We are transmitting through your internet connection, but our signal is actually entering your mind, sending electrical impulses into the very tissues of your brain. Try to stay calm. We've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. And welcome to another thrilling, amazing, splendiferous, and splendacular Paranoia podcast. Uh, there's a lot going on, so it's been a while, but we're back. Uh, Ron and I had a had a powwow, and uh, we're gonna we had a conclave, and and we yep. decided we're gonna try to do this more often, right, Ron? Yes, we are. As a matter of fact, once a yeah. week. So once a week, we'll see how that works. Yeah. So I am Olaf Phillips. I am the publisher and owner of Paranoia Magazine, Paranoia Publishing. Ron. And I'm Ron Patton. I'm the executive editor of paranoia and, and together, for five years and and together we are the uh the best amateur hour in conspiracy broadcasting i believe like that's that true yeah i think so i think that's our, our rating is we're number two now i think there's another show that's probably number one but Wait we're moving up ranks who's, who's number one well I, I can't say it's sort of top secret so Okay, but I want you to arrange that hit. Right. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a done deal. Yeah, uh, yeah, open open the bottle of Coca-Cola and pour it down. Gotcha. Okay, so, hey, so, so, that's, so that's the buzzword, that's the trigger word? Yes. Hey, hey Ron, okay. I got some big news coming. Ready? Oh, yeah. Ready for yeah. me to lay it on you? Yes, please. Okay, so we publish, as you know, we publish the complete cipher of the UFO knots, the very fa- now extremely awesomely famous book written by um, Alan Greenfield that is featured in the TV show Hellier. Well, right. the TV talking, series. I've been, yes, I've been talking to Alan and I've, I've become quite intimately knowledgeable of that stuff. And uh, we host a we host a website where you can decipher your decipher words uh, using the secret cipher. It's called mm-hmm. thesecretcipher.com, and we have now converted that into an iPhone app and soon a Droid app. Wow! You'll be able to download onto your phone. I think so, we're going to start a new come, craze. Coming, yeah, <laughs> coming soon. Okay, Ron, lay it on me. All right. Well, this evening we have a good friend of mine, good friend of Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis as well. Actually, Jeremy was running the board for us for some time. Jeremy Scott, he's the host of Into the Parabnormal, which is ranked number of the Fringe FM. He interviews guests each week and takes on objective looks 
at the topics such as COVID-19, viruses, bioweapons, along with UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, ghosts, and so much more. The show Into the Paranormal is live on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Jeremy's website is parabnormalradio.com. Hey, Jeremy Scott, welcome to the Paranoia Podcast. Olav and Ron, I am honored to be here. How are you both doing? Uh, Well, besides having uh, severe allergies, uh, so no sneeze shaming, um, I'm doing well. I'm doing all right. Olaf, what about you? Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. It's a little weird. It's, uh, yeah. You know. You know. I'll tell you something. It, it's kind of funny. Pe- people who know me know this. That I've, I've said for a long time that one of these days it's going to light up. Mm-hmm. And you know, because I'm a dystopian, and and I figured one of these days, you know, it's going to go. Something was going to happen. And yeah, and get all soil and green. And and you know, I. I never thought I'd actually live to see it. <laughs> uh-huh. I never thought I'd live to see the day when people can't buy toilet paper. No, this is really, yeah. really freaky. Um, because, it you is. know, I I was saying to my wife, you know, this is something that I always thought was just, you know, something that was part of history. You know, we look back on the Spanish flu of 1918, which, you know, pales in comparison to where we are here with COVID-19. And you think, well, that's just history, and you know we're never going to be a part of history. And then just like that, you know, you snap your fingers in the blink of an eye, it's like here we are. And I, I, I right. never thought that I would actually live to see the day, or, or if I did, I would be a lot older than I am. So it's kind of surreal for me. It's, it's mm-hmm. a bit surreal to walk in. You know, I went to the grocery store today to walk in and see all the toilet paper aisles are completely empty. Yeah, I can't even get tissue paper, man. No. So far, so that you, know, you think that, they'd be cranking that stuff out? Well, I don't. I don't think it's that they're not cranking it out. I, I think that people are a hoarding it and b, you know, they're they're hypersensitive to it. So now, as soon as it gets there, they take it. I don't. I don't think the production levels have changed or mm-hmm. the speed at which they get it to the store. It just now instead of having you know four or six rolls of toilet paper and go, well, you know, I'm good for a couple of weeks. Now everybody's like, oh crap. I better have enough for like like five years. Yeah. Well, it's because I was actually just watching a YouTube video, uh, a compilation of just people going madhouse crazy in the stores. In fact, it was getting to the point oh, yeah. they didn't even have time to stock the shelves. They were basically just unloading the pallet in the middle of the store, and people were just grabbing cases of toilet paper uh, for them and their friends and their friends' friends and their mother's sister's mm-hmm. boyfriend and. Yeah, uh, it's nuts. It's bonkers. It's it's bonkers. Do you think there's some sort of social media f- phenomena behind it? You know, something that sort of just took hold in the subconscious mind of the masses to where they think toilet paper is like gold? I don't gold? think it's social. I don't think it's social media. I think it's 24 hours a day broadcasting on pick pick your favorite three letter station. And, you know, they're they're just going off about it. And I think it just scares people and people react. Yeah. Not myself. Indeed. I mean, that's my opinion. I mean, yeah, there is just, a hashtag. Yeah. Go ahead. There is, there is a hashtag on Twitter, uh, TP Shortage 2020, that's going around. So 
that mm-hmm. certainly is is helping it to to go viral. Uh, I guess when you think about some of the basic necessities in life, you think, well, what do you need to survive? Uh, you need food and you need water uh, and, you know, power and Internet and everything else are sometimes necessities to others, depending on, you know, uh, where you are and, you know, what you need. But TP is kind of one of those things that I think everybody really needs And nobody really knows how this is going to play out. And so they're all going freak out and they're just trying to to plan for the worst, you know. But I mean, mean, let's be honest that there are many other ways that you can um, (laughs) you can clean up without with. Yeah, without without. I mean, long before TP was ever created, you know, uh, in prior civilizations, you know, they had to get creative. You have a shower. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, how many of us were Boy Scouts? I was. I was. So I mean, we we learned we we learned yeah. how to how to take care of that. You know, we didn't need toilet paper. I clean. I clean my butt with with uh, dirt. <laughs> oh wow, man! I just used no. like leaves. So I didn't uh, clean my butt with dirt. I was joking. Okay, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all, but <laughs> I don't know if I, I can did, get that I mental did. image out of my head now. <laughs> I, I did. I did use a bidet once, though, when I was in Japan. All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, you know, and you know, you know what was nice about you know what was nice about that bidet mm-hmm. is that it it was it was built into the toilet, right? And mm-hmm. so it had a it had a dryer too. Like you hit a different button, and it would blow hot air in your butt to dry your butt. Wow, was very pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't that yeah, don't they have those over in China? I mean, isn't that how how they how they Japan. do it over there? Japan, Japan. Yeah. and yeah, and you would if you had to fart, there was a button, a fart button that showed like <laughs> like like little clouds coming out, and then it would make a toilet flushing sound. <sighs> there, were, yeah. there were like twelve buttons. Like when I first sat down on the toilet, I was very it's confused because there's all these buttons. I'm like, what do these do? Because you could regulate, you could regulate the temperature of the bidet. So when it shot the water up your butt, you could like tell it how warm you wanted it. It was very, very interesting. Yeah, that's a promo bite right there. <laughs> it's sort of like a, like oh. a little colonic or something dude, going on. Dude, you don't, you don't know us. There are plenty of promo bites. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots hey. of promo bites on this podcast. Yep. Hey, so Jeremy, I know you've been doing shows about COVID nineteen. So can you sort of refresh us on what you've been talking about on your shows? Yeah, well, well let's go back to last night where uh, we talked a little bit, uh, along with some, you know, much-needed survival tips. So we, we talked about whether or not, uh, you know, this this whole COVID-19 is a deception, whether it's a deception for Planet X, uh, for Nibiru. Uh, so we talked Whoa. about that uh, yeah, last night, which, which is— which is a fascinating on the premise, but you know, there's so many other theories out there that this came in through a meteorite that crash landed, that it was made in a lab, that it came from a market that, you know, it's so-and-so, you know, or so, so-and-so country, uh, you know, did it. And I, I, I think we're, you know, and everybody's, well, not everybody, but a couple of folks have, have now said, you know, they, they've called it the China virus and that has seemed to have uh, caught on. And I don't know that the evidence is really overwhelming to support that it came from China. I don't know. Have either of you uh, seen overwhelming evidence that it came from China? I think so. I think so. But I I don't personally, I don't like calling it the China virus because it's just somewhat derogatory and kind of silly. 
but well, yeah, no, I, I think it came, I came. I think it came from there. I mean, if you look at it right, that there's a well-known class four uh, containment facility in Wuhan. Yes, and it's yeah, one the of them. Right in the Institute of Virology, that that facility is known to do weapons research, uh-huh. and they had an accidental SARS release in 2018. And this, from everything that I've read and seen, obviously I'm not a virologist. I've uh-huh. studied anthropology. I'm a pseudoscientist, of course. But um, everything seems to indicate that this is some derivative of SARS. So mm-hmm. my my contention is that this is weaponized SARS, and it was right. an accidental release. I was actually just talking about this like five minutes ago. I, I think it's a mm-hmm. weaponized it's weaponized SARS, and I think that it's. Uh, it was an accident release. Somebody punctured their bunny suit and didn't want to get executed and have their family sent to the re-education camp. So they covered it up, went to the market, infected some other people. Uh, patient zero was found. Right. Well, here in, in the United States, we have Fort Detrick, Maryland, where they have the... Uh, chemical and biological lab, and they've created all kinds of bioweapons there. So there's always that possibility that China may have got a hold of uh, some of those uh, genetic materials and sort of uh, tweaked it a little bit, too. Yeah, but remember the Chinese during the last Olympic cycle, right? Uh The Chinese actually genetically re-engineered. This is true. You can go Mm -hmm. look this up on on. The, on fact check and Snopes right. and everything else. This is God, God's honest truth. They genetically re-engineered uh, a bunch of their swimmers to have webbed feet and webbed hands so they can uh-huh. run faster. So they're, you know, they, they do some pretty squirrely stuff over there. So oh, I, yeah. given, given the proximity of the, of the labs, you know, I think it's seven or eight miles. I would say that it's highly likely that it, that that's the source of it. And it, mm-hmm. I don't think it was done on purpose. I, I think that that would be asinine because it's, well, it shredded the world economy. It doesn't really help anybody. So, well, yeah, And I, I initially thought that as well, that it came from a lab and that it, it was a bioweapon. Let me, let me just ask you this. Uh, do you think that you know, SARS and MERS uh, were created in a lab as well? No. Okay. I think and why not? Naturally occurring. Well, because they found evidence of them infecting animals and they, you know, I mean, like even as a conspiracy nut, you know, there's some, there are some things that are beyond the pale, you know, they've, they've found it in, in the case of MERS and camels and other, other animals. And so, you know, it's, it's naturally occurring. And I, I don't think, I think it's, I think it would be too much effort. As, as much of a conspiracy guy as I am, I think it'd be too much effort to go out and, and tranquilize a bunch of animals and infect them just to, to make a point. But this, this thing is different. This thing mm-hmm. spreads faster than anything else we've ever seen. You know, it's infection. I mean, the, the, um, the carriers, you know, there are carriers that have, in, that have an index of 40 or 60, meaning that they've infected 40 or 60 people. Right. Normally, the the carriers will infect like four. In uh-huh. fact, 
I have a I have a quote I wrote an article about it. I have a quote from a from an epidemiologist at Harvard who I actually saw on CNN and he he said that the transmission rate on this thing is like thermonuclear bad and he actually later uh deleted that tweet but I have a copy of it so you know this is an a Harvard epidemiologist saying that it's thermonuclear bad and I think if you look uh-huh. at you know China China was able to get it under control because of the draconian practices that they were able to enforce. But even the Italians, like at this point, you know, it's when you see those, the video, those trucks driving by the Italians fully admit they're filled with bodies that they're going to burn. Wow. That that's not a conspiracy. The Italian government actually said, no, those are Italian army trucks and the crematoriums are overloaded. So we're going to go burn them. Right. So do you think there's some sort of a possible relationship between the, uh, COVID-19 and 5G, because that's a very popular conspiracy theory that's out there. Jeremy. Personally, personally, I don't, um, because I talked with uh, Jim Lee, and you know who you know who Jim Lee is, Ron. I yeah. talked with him last week, and right. uh, he sent me uh, uh, a link to the 5G map, which you would think, okay, if 5G was the cause of this, you would be able to put a map of where the 5G towers are, uh, you know, over a map of where the cases are, and you should be able to see a correlation between the number of cases um, versus where the towers are. And we're not seeing that. Now, that could base that there could be a reason for that. And that could be, Mm -hmm. well, either 5G is not the cause or that maybe there just haven't been cases diagnosed in those areas. And both are possibilities. I just don't think Uh there's overwhelming evidence either way. Uh, right. I, seen, I, I would agree. Yeah. yeah, it seems like uh, 5G actually has more of a uh, impact on um, fungus-related type diseases like candida. Um, but as far as viruses and just regular bacteria, I don't know if there's any direct correlation. So what do you what do you think this is? Out of curiosity, I mean, you've entered. Ron was telling me before the show that, that you've done a fair number of shows on it. So I was curious, what what do you think this actually is? Well, uh, here's one one theory, because I, I honestly haven't made up my mind because, you know, the information is constantly changing and you just have to kind of reassess almost almost daily. But here's a thought. Remember how the Hong Kong protests were, were really making uh, headlines late last year? I mean, it was all over the right. place. People were upset. Uh, they were protesting. They were fighting in the streets. They were they were causing a ruckus, and perhaps this was was created there at that lab, and and it was released uh, to get everybody out of the streets. So there was a report that surfaced last month that uh, the, the Chinese were actually welding people back into their homes who refused uh, the uh, order to stay inside their home uh, and quarantine right. themselves. And so I think. A possible uh, a possibility here is that it was created at that lab. It was released on the Chinese population to 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 get them uh, out of the streets, to stop protesting, and to get their minds, you know, off of the issues that they were really pissed about. Because the protests have really died down, uh, or they've yeah, been overshadowed by this coronavirus yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And so, did the people just stop caring and they just stop being <laughs> pissed about what they were pissed about? Or were they infected with some virus to, like, get out of the streets, you know, because well, they were sick? It's, it's interesting. I was actually on Robert Morningstar's program discussing that. And he 
he got a, a message apparently from a guy in the Chinese <laughs> army. And the guy claimed that it was the virus was engineered and they were actually testing it in one of the Uyghur camps. And it once they unleashed it inside the Uyghur uh, camp that they that it was so virulent that they they didn't know what to do and that it started to expand so fast that they originally that they had designed it to make the protesters sick so Uh that they would get out of this out of the streets and they tested it in a Uyghur camp and and they were it, it was borderline uncontrollable so they took it back into the lab and then somehow it got out. But the, they, the other part of that was the guy claimed that, um, that they, they had it, it had gotten into the prison system and basically they had introduced it into the prison system to clean out their prisons. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just got to look at it, the bigger picture and see what it's doing to the elderly and, uh, you know, we haven't heard anything about the homeless population. Uh, although I have a friend who lives in Los Angeles who's good friends with the L.A. coroner. And the uh, coroner says a lot of people are dying from uh, not necessarily COVID-19, but a number of different things. And well, COVID-19 uh, doesn't kill you. The yeah. COVID-19 itself doesn't kill you you die from pneumonia right, the pneumonia. pneumonia yeah but what i'm saying is there are people that have all different kinds of of uh, viruses and fungal infections and it's just really exponentially grown in the past few months in conjunction with what's going on so uh so i guess this sort of begs the question is there something else that's being used to kind of reduce the population. What do you guys think about that? As a population killer, go ahead, Olaf. Go ahead. Well, you go first. As a population killer, is that the question, Rondo? I think it's being used as a population killer. Well, well, what, what I'm saying is, could they be introducing various things, whether it's through chemtrails or something else, to weaken the immune system? So maybe it's not just one thing, but it's an accumulation uh, of different types of toxins that are getting in the body, like uh, nanoparticulates from chemtrails, vaccinations, uh, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. So I have seen some some of this activity uh, in my neck of the woods, and I was wondering, well, you know, are they just spraying the usual stuff that we hear, you know, the nasty stuff that they usually spray in chemtrails? But could they be could they be spraying more than that? And right. you know, I'd even posted, you know, if I get the you know the coronavirus, well, I I, I know how I get it. Um, I I got a post that was that just came in yesterday that I haven't really had time to analyze, but it was posted by the folks at Oregon Aviation Watch. I'll give them full credit, and they they bring a uh, a report to the surface about uh, weird activity uh, that, that at least got their attention. And they're the aviation experts of these small planes that have been circling the skies over Portland. Uh, they've got screenshots and they show, you know, in some cases, uh, either these aircraft are going in big giant circles. Uh, you know, they're in the aircraft or in the airspace for several hours. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is right in the heart of the city, you know, in, in, in southeast Portland here and, and even in the outskirts. And you just wonder if the aviation folks are mystified by the patterns and by the amount of activity that's happening in our skies, is there something to it? And so it's very possible that, you know, there could be some spraying and this could be, an uh, you know, literally an, an, an injection, so to speak. Uh, um, you know, they're spraying into the sky. Right. Well, another thing that's happening, too, uh, in the northwest is because we've had sunnier weather and things are blossoming and blooming. Uh, people who normally don't have allergies are really suffering bad from them right now. And uh, I mean, I've always had allergy issues and mine's just really, really bad. And uh, so it's weird. Everybody's kind of sniffling and coughing at the office and kind of like looking over at each other's shoulder and kind of like, oh, man, does he have something? So, yeah, everybody's sort of on edge. And as you well know, Jeremy, we hardly have anybody in the office right now. Yeah, and and you know because uh, it's it's going to get a whole lot slimmer and and leaner um, because uh, Oregon is set to announce the statewide uh, stay-at-home order, and when that happens, people are going to basically be told if they're not an essential employee, which they will determine who is an essential employee. Ninety um, percent of us are going to be at home, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where they want us to be because you know I think that there's a a very good possibility. Uh, that martial law is declared or just flat out happens uh, because of this. And and the reason I say this is because you've already seen lockdowns. You've already seen borders closing. I mean, everything that they need to make this happen is already in place. It's already happening. They're kicking people out of beach towns. Slowly but surely, states and jurisdictions are telling people stay at home, and now it's not just going to be telling people, it's going to be putting people in their way and not letting them go about their daily business. And there was a report that I actually just saw in Politico that says the Justice Department is asking Congress uh, basically for some increased powers, powers to uh, detain people uh, indefinitely during emergencies, people who are violating quarantine orders people who are maybe looting because that's going to happen uh the more the more uh sparse the streets are and the more businesses that are closed and i just hope people are prepared for that day when they're not about uh, allowed to go about their their daily business the way they did yesterday because day by day more of our rights are being taken away and i mean i can't be convinced otherwise that our rights aren't being taken away day by day with this because we see more closures, more restrictions day by day. Nobody's easing the restrictions. And so when you look at it from from you take take a step back and you look in and you're like, wow, bit by bit, this is being locked down. And it, it the thing that's really been frustrating for me the past couple of days has to been has been seeing pictures and videos of people who think it's okay to the go to go to the beach because it's spring break and the weather is right. getting nice and dang it they right. rented the beach house or that condo and they can't get their money back if they don't go and so you have all these people going and flocking together in one place and the officials are getting pissed they're saying look it's not just going to be an ask it's going to be a demand don't make us force you to do this we don't want to have to do it but you knuckleheads are just like not listening and not following 
And, well, you know, it's a dangerous situation that we're in when when we have people like that who are just not thinking about themselves and not thinking about other people. And it's going to reach the point where it's just like, OK, we don't have a choice because everybody ruined it for the rest of us, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, here here in California, you know, we're we're allowed to, you know, go out for a walk, but you got to keep six feet apart, you know, all that. But mm-hmm. if, if we're if we violate that order, at least as of right now, it's a misdemeanor. And I, I do actually know people who have been stopped. So, you know, here in California, they they're taking it extremely seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really glad to hear that, Olaf. I'm really glad to hear that because well, I, like I said, I was just take hanging that. out with my neighbor. I was hanging out with my neighbor. You know, we were we were all, you know, eight feet apart, nine feet apart, you know. <laughs> throwing bags of chips at each other. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's if you want to control it, look, it's it's in the wild, however it got there. Yeah. It's there. I don't think I don't think you need to spray it at this point. It's so virulent that it, it just is transmitted so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, th- think about it. Think about this for a minute, right? The first the first real cases were reported by the Chinese, you know, in early December. Right. Where are we at? We're in mid mid March, right? Mm-hmm. We're closing in on April, and and there's an infection rate of over over three hundred thousand mm-hmm. in what three right. months? Yeah, well, right. I mean, so there may not be there may not be the spraying going on right now because, as you said, it's already people have already been infected and it's already spreading. Yeah, you don't need but to at do some it point, but at some point, it did have to be uh, spread because a lot of these people who uh, have the cases. I mean, they did not travel internationally. They did not have contact with people who traveled internationally. Uh, and so those cases are a mystery. Thing. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. They're not as much of a mystery now, I think, as they were. Because what, what the problem with this thing is, that's why, again, I, I personally, my money's on it being weaponized SARS. Because the virulency rate is so high that let's mm-hmm. say that, that you, you go to China, right? And you get infected while you're in China but you're asymptomatic for 12, maybe up to 12, 14 days, you're asymptomatic, meaning you have no symptoms whatsoever. You come back from your business trip, you infect your family, they infect their friends. And that's because you can, some of these people have infected 40 or 60 people without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you need, this thing is so virulent. I don't think you need to spray it. I think it, I think it's, it's spreading on its own. I don't think it needs help. And international travel, not so much now, but, you know, at the time this thing kicked off, international travel was so pervasive that if you if you had, say, 100 people who infected 40 people each, you know, you're looking at, what, 4,000. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to infect more people, more people. That's how viruses spread. So, you know, personal. And the other thing is, personally, like the, the air air traffic i'm in a flight pattern and the air traffic here is almost zero there mm-hmm. there are so few planes flying over right now uh-huh. that, i mean there's no there's no chemtrails here at all mm-hmm. none i mean it yeah, used we to live be, along you know, you cr- huh uh go ahead no no you go ahead I was going to say, we live along uh, train tracks here, and uh, you were mentioning that, you know, the, 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 the air traffic, uh, you know, has died off 
So has the train traffic eerily. I, I don't oh, know yeah. what to make of that. I have that. trains too. Yeah, I have trains too. And they, the trains have died out as well. You know, I used to be able to hear the, the trains, um, the, the horns in the distance. Because it's, you know, it's miles from me. But I could hear them when they hit the horn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard one in a while. But what right. I did see that was actually very interesting is that I'm a, I'm an, uh, an, a forest kind of guy and I had gone to the forest <clears throat> and I was coming back and I live not close, but not particularly far, probably about 30 or 40 minutes from Travis, which is one of the primary, uh, quarantine sites, mm-hmm. um, at least in California, there's here in Miramar and El Toro and, I live near Travis, relatively near it. And when I was driving up the freeway, there's a freeway called 680 that runs up up to almost Travis, and then you get on 80 and go out to Travis. When I was going up, I saw an armored convoy driving up 680 north heading toward Travis. And it was, it was a bunch of – there were three armored Humvees, and then there were uh, three armored semis. And one, one was carrying an armored box – office like a container office but it was armored and then the one was empty and the other one was carrying i think nbc shelters nuclear biological chemical shelters because they were uh huge roll they were huge rolls in black vinyl bags and they were along the flatbed mm-hmm. and those you know those vinyl bags are usually used to to carry that kind of stuff so you know we we, I mean, they're, they're obviously reacting to it, but yeah, there's no traffic now. There's no airplanes. There's no nothing. Hmm. It's, it's very eerie. It's kind of like nine 11 was when there's, there were right. no planes in the sky. Hey, so I wanted to bring up uh, another perspective and that is there's a segment of the population where they're saying, you know what? There's nothing to worry about. It's just the flu. And so I was wondering what your take is on that, because that, that's kind of concerning when you have people who just say, oh, there's less deaths from this type of flu than the regular flu. And so, you know, we're going to be fine in a, about a month or two. So, you know, well, they're, they're staving down panic. You know, right. what's, you know, what's far, you know, what's far more interesting to me mm-hmm. <clears throat> is that they're if you look at the mortality rate, right, mm-hmm. that it's, it's running about 4% or 5%. Obviously, in, in Italy, it's far higher, but it's yeah. running about 4, 4 or 5% of the total number of infected cases. And at least the ones that they talk about, all these people are old. Yeah. They're in their 70s or in their 80s. And what mm-hmm. it is is it's, you know, you, you have the potential of killing off 4 or 5%. And I know that that doesn't seem like a lot, but you you have this this potential of killing off four or five percent of the old people, mm-hmm. and what the reason that that's particularly interesting to me, right, is that number one, the boomers, the boomer generation, is in that age bracket. Yep. And the boomers and what's left of the greatest generation, they're in that age bracket. So mm-hmm. those are the people. Oddly, those are the people that, that hit the system harder because they're the ones that are on Social Security. 
And that, that's a worldwide problem. That's not just in the United States. The, mm-hmm. you know, in China, they have the same situation. In England, you know, it's, it's this whole thing about entitlements. Back, back in the day, the EU you know, was going after Greece because Greece had so many entitlements. They had all these old people that were you know, drawing down the resources of the Greek economy because they had to support mm-hmm. them. Well, now, oh, whoops, now we have this virus coming along that's cleaning it out. The other thing that's very interesting is that a lot of wealth in the world is held by people of those generations that a Mm -hmm. lot of the wealth is not, you know, there aren't a lot of 20 year olds that are billionaires, but the vast majority of them are over 65. Mm -hmm. So when you have an, when you have an event like this and you suddenly potentially eradicate say 5% of the population that retains that wealth, it triggers a massive redistribution of wealth. And what mm-hmm. happens, what will happen is that all that money that's being held by the boomers and the greatest generation will instantly flood into the, to generation X. Mm-hmm. So when so, that happens, that will trigger well, a political shift. What do you think, Jeremy? Well, I say that the numbers do not support that argument, uh, of that Ron proposed which is that the flu has killed more people than the coronavirus. Uh, let, let me take that back. Not for much longer, because yeah, as, of, as, of, as of February 21st, mm-hmm. 16,000 people have died from the common flu. 16,000 people. When you look up uh, the numbers of deaths from the coronavirus, it has hit 14,700. So we're about 1,300 deaths separation right. between coronavirus and the flu 1300 right. deaths the coronavirus has a faster spread a higher yeah. uh, wider, mortality wider, rate yes so i mm-hmm. i think that early on that was an okay argument and right. but but we're almost at that point where that argument just doesn't hold up anymore almost at that point yeah i mean it's very concerning when people say that you know in their facebook lives they're just saying Come on, folks, it's just the flu. And it's like, man, I want to wring their necks because, no, it's not oh, just the, Italian. the flu. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> in, the, in the science is differently, and uh, we're looking at the exponential growth of it now. And you're right, Jeremy, uh, the st- statistics are changing. Where yeah, you're we're seeing, seeing people die we're from seeing a- we're seeing hundreds of new cases like overnight. 651 was the latest increase in Italy. I think it, the other date was like 350. So we're right. seeing, you know, within two days, a thousand people die. And if that keeps up all month long, that's right. 15,000 people in one country. You multiply that by the countries. And I think everybody who was saying, why are you guys freaking out about this? I think all of those people have gone back into hiding. Because I don't hear from many of them anymore. Right. No, well, everybody's freaking out at this point. Yeah. And uh, speaking of freaking out, so that kind of brings us to the uh, economical ramifications of this, not just in this country, but worldwide. And you were kind of touching on that briefly, Olaf. So what do you guys think? Of what's going to happen with uh, you know people who are like living from paycheck to paycheck? within the next couple well, of months. They got a problem. Yeah. They have a huge problem. That's why the, the Congress, 
you know, at some point you have to transcend this notion of being a conspiracy nut. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, you, you know, Ron, you know me, right. I don't, I don't believe anything that anybody says, uh-huh. but I think there, I think there is, there is a certain amount of honesty that's coming out at this point because it's like, why, why lie? It's bad enough. You don't need to lie about it. And I think right. that's why they're pushing for these payroll holidays and, you know, giving everybody 1200 bucks and cause they're trying to float the economy. Cause the problem is, is that all of the, all the gains in the stock, the stock market, at least in our economy, the stock market is what makes things tick, right? Mm-hmm. The stock market has dropped exponentially and it, it, we've had the largest slide since the great depression, the interest rates, bank to bank interest rates are now at almost zero. And they may go negative. And now they're talking about deflation. Now, Ron, I know you remember the 80s. When inflation, the 70s and the 80s, when inflation was like unchecked, we are about to start deflating. And that is unheard of in modern times. They, it, you know, I mean, go look at your 401k. It's dropped 30%, 40%. And every, every major company in the world is forecasting zero net growth in 2020. That has a disastrous effect on the, on the world economy. Right. And, and I think for my part, I'm interested in what the guest says as well, but for my part, when I look at this, right, you look at zero growth and you, you look at these outliers, it's going to be a really crappy 2020. Yeah. And it's probably, if we're not in a recession, we will be any day now. Mm-hmm. And that's layoffs, and it's just not good. You know, and it's times like this that that make me wonder. You know, why should I invest? Because I've seen in my lifetime people lose their, you know, what in the whole Enron situation. I mean, how many years? That was in my lifetime. So now, I mean, I'm under forty years old, and and so here we are. About every twenty years, I see people lose everything. And then they just try to rebuild it over the next 20 years, and then, and then it crashes and burns again. Mm-hmm. I can't go through that heartbreak and that heartache. And yeah, that's a lot a of up-and-down roller coasting. I, I know there's probably people who aren't affected because they say, you know, no, it's no, a no. long-term. They're all affected. They're, they're all affected, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. And obvious disclaimer, I'm not a financial analyst. I'm not telling anybody how to spend their money. Don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. But what I will say is that over time, the S&P 500 and the New York Stock Exchange have done nothing but grow. Although you see these dips, right? And this is a particularly nasty dip. But you see these dips. They eventually come back. And after the Great Depression, a very interesting thing happened. Remember, I'm sure you remember the concept of the robber baron, right? When the Great Depression happened and all these companies went under, the large corporations like IBM, which existed back then, IBM and a bunch of these other guys, they did not go under. They were buoyed by the government. <clears throat> they had plenty of cash reserves. Whatever their reason was, they stayed in business. And mm-hmm. they went out, and these rich guys went out and bought all this stuff on pennies, pennies on the dollar. And then when it inevitably came back, which it does, time shows that when it came back, they own just tremendous amounts of the economy. 
because mm-hmm. they bought it for pennies on the dollar and then they sat on it. Now that, that doesn't mean that you can do that or I can do that. But right. when you, let's say you have a 401k right now today, as you're putting the money into the 401k and it's negative, you're buying those shares at an incredibly deflated rate. Now it may take five years for you to get it back or it may take 10 years or even 20 years. I don't think it would take that long, but let's say that it took five years to get it back. When you get it back after five years, your growth is exponentially larger because you're buying it so cheap. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I just don't have that. I just don't have that much patience. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the thing about the market. You have to have patience because if you look at, if you look at the, I'm not saying it's not crappy. Trust me, it's crappy for everybody and I'm not rich, but when you look at it over time, the growth curve is, is pretty insane. That if you look at the New York stock exchange at 19 in the 1900, early 1900s, when it was founded to today, you know, it's a, I forget, there was one company I looked at in particular, but it was like, maybe it's IBM. It was like 7,000% higher. It's just, you, you have to have patience. That's, that's the one thing about playing that game. You have to have patience. Mm-hmm. But that's that's where like the Chinese they have us they have us over a barrel, because in in the West in general we're short term thinkers, so uh-huh. we're thinking three three months six months twelve months out, what's my four hundred one k going to be in twelve months? How much is my bank account going to be in twelve months? The Chinese they're multi generational thinkers. They don't they don't think about you know okay well where's it going to be in twelve months? They think well where's it going to be in twelve years? Where's it going to be in 50 years or a hundred years? That's how they fight us asymmetrically is because they're thinking, you know, they're thinking 50 moves ahead. If you think of a chessboard, we're thinking one, two moves ahead. They're way out there, 20, 30, 40, 50 moves ahead because they culturally, that's what they do because the dynastic cycle required that kind of thinking. So you got to, you just got to be patient. It'll come back, but it will take a while. Yeah, it's going to be tough for a lot of people, though. It's just plus psychological, you know, aspects of it too. All the people that are so depressed and on edge, you know, even our like our neighbors, like next door, there was something going on. They were screaming and yelling at each other, and the cops came. And so it's like, well, this is going to be pretty common for the next uh, couple of months. Unfortunately, well, you can't leave. You can't leave. Your job's yeah. at risk, mm-hmm. right? The economy's yep. torched. You think mm-hmm. you're going to get sick. Mm-hmm. The, the shelves are empty. You can't buy toilet paper, you know, and you're thinking, yeah. how am I going to wipe my butt? I mean, what's there to be happy about, right? Yeah. Well, you know, we have an imagination. We're creative, most of us anyway. And, uh, Man, it's it's going to be. We gotta we gotta stick together and help encourage and build up one another. Well, I don't know about. I'd be interested in what you guys are doing, but you know, I went on Groupon and I I bought some classes. There's some outfit in Wales somewhere that offers you diplomas and various things. It was on Groupon for like fifteen bucks, so I I got some. I took some classes. That's cool. I figured you get a degree in my knowledge. It's not a degree. It's like a diploma. But uh, let's see. 
so far I have Wicca, I have Ancient Magic. Uh-huh. I'm halfway through I'm halfway through alchemy and I'm almost done with head witchery. All right. <laughs> we know what path you're headed to. That's cool. <laughs> well, it's I mean, why not? Like comparative religion. Yeah. 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 Especially when you're into this uh, secret cipher stuff, I'm sure that it's uh, applicable to your yeah. sort of recent interests <laughs> realm. We'll we'll just say we'll just say that I've had a run in with the secret chiefs of the third order. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> and what are they saying about COVID nineteen? Are they saying anything? Um, no, not yet. Uh, but you know, my head—I'm—I'm I'm a human being, right? I watch CNN and I watch these these uh, press conferences, and uh-huh. you know, six six thousand different uh, specialists in virology or epidemiology or whatever. Yeah, I'm like everybody else. It scares the crap out of me. So you know, my my head's not in that. Mm-hmm. So, not not much lately. The synchronicities have died down at the moment, but they're still gotcha. there. Yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think about some possible ways to mitigate or offset the uh, effects of COVID nineteen with regard to, you know, helping with minimizing uh, lung issues? You guys heard anything that seems viable in terms of, uh, I'm not going to say cures, but ways to boost up the immune system? Well, there's lots of ways you can boost up your immune system, that's for sure. Um, you know, supplements and, and whatnot. I'm certainly not an expert on that. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where where we head with some of these other drugs, ones that have already been tested, yeah. because, you know, the vaccine is just going through trials, and that's going to take another year to 18 months and so we need something like in the interim. And I heard some reports that, you know, the, the drug that's used to fight malaria, you know, has some positive results. I've also seen some positive results uh, even out of anti-HIV medications, a case out of Washington. Right. Uh, one of the early cases, some guy uh, recovered in four days. Uh, they're mm-hmm. saying the malaria drug recoveries are about six days. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to take uh, something that is already on the market uh, that we just don't know can uh, fight this, uh, if not entirely, at least knock it down. Uh, and so yeah. that'll be up to, you know, the health officials in the coming weeks uh, to figure out which which drug is best to treat that, because we need something now. We can't wait a, a year, year and a half. Right. Well, you know, you know, I was watching one of the press conferences and uh, I skipped the one today. I just couldn't do it. But I was watching one of them and I, I had I had quite a chuckle uh our our, uh, our illustrious president, he had announced that that they were going to turn the power of our government supercomputers toward uh, figuring this stuff out. And uh-huh. uh, Ron, you'll get a kick out of this. The comment that I made um, was that well, if they want to do that, they should use the liquid nitrogen cooled supercomputer that monitors all of our telephone calls to actually <laughs> engage this thing. Or, or the or the quantum computer that Google apparently has that cracked the uh, an S a two bit key in under sixty seconds. <laughs> Why don't we apply that to it? <laughs> yeah, and China has a quantum computer too, don't they? Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I mean AI has been being used for a whole bunch of things, uh, antibiotics and and vaccines and. 
and drugs and and you know I think that's the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. It probably is. Although AI is very concerning to me, but as yeah. it is, it, it's a job killer. It's a human killer. Yeah, that's putting it bluntly. <laughs> Literally, the cold. Yeah, the cold. The cold rationality of an AI is is something we should fear. Mm-hmm. So you know, another thing that I heard is that okay, th- this thing, this pandemic is going to sort of run its course by May here in the United States well, first in April. Was that? First they said April, now it's May. Yeah. Soon it'll be June. So let's just say things start getting better around May. But what I've heard is there's something that's going to occur in about 10 years that's really going to wipe out the population uh, a, a big chunk. So it seems like every 10 years or so we have something like this. But, uh, you know, each time it's a little bit more and more. Um so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I know that there was some psychic years ago who said this was going to happen, uh, and basically it would run its course, and then another ten years, then there'd be a really bad one. So you know, we'll see. There, there, again, there's a lot of spurious and speculative theories and prophecies that are out there, and I know that people oh, yeah. who are of uh, religious persuasion are, are grabbing hold of this and saying, well, see, it's proof of the end times. We're seeing pandemics and plagues and, you know, it's all in the Bible. Okay. So, you know, Locust. yeah, we yeah, got the, no but, wars though. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's to me, it's kind of like, is there a possibility that the puppet masters or the elite or the Illuminati or whatever you want to call them, are kind of using uh, uh, the book of Revelation or, or sort of biblical prophecy as sort of a blueprint to uh, kind of keep the masses uh, enslaved, so to speak, and in fear. Yeah, it, I mean, going back to what you were saying about, you know, like how long uh, is this going to take us to kind of get through? You know, President Trump has said, he said, wash over or wash through about July or August. Uh, uh-huh. I heard today that, that the cases are going to peak around May. So we're going to continue yeah. to see a spike. And I know day after day in Oregon, we're seeing a higher number every day than the previous day. And so I right. think the spike will continue for the next five weeks. So we get to early uh-huh. May. The cases right. will start to go down. And hopefully by late summer, we have this in control. But Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, I'm not too confident that it's not going to still interrupt uh, the beginning of the next school year because all these kids, you know, are kind of in limbo right now. They don't know if they're going back for the rest of the year. Some of them, it's their senior year. Uh, and so it's really sad and heartbreaking for all those kids to go through as it is for everybody. You know, people who own small businesses and. sad uh, thing and this might sound s- selfish but you know I'm I'm really sad because I was looking forward to going to a whole bunch of festivals and conferences this oh, year yeah. and taking up the show live and and I'm just you know I'm bummed I, I'm just flat out bummed everything's been canceled 
uh, and and life yeah. isn't as we know it anymore. And and that really just scares me because it's the first time I've gone through this in my lifetime as young as I am. Well, I think all of us pretty much we've never seen anything, you know, this devastating with regard to how it's you know, just affecting our everyday life. And, uh, you know, some of us may not have be directly affected by it, but we will eventually because it's sort of that trickle down effect, right? Domino effect where it, it is going to catch up with us, whether it's uh, economically or, or some other way. So uh, th- another question I wanted to pose is uh, the elections. How do you think this is going to affect the upcoming presidential election? Go ahead, Olaf. Well, I think that if you don't hold them, it's going to cause a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. I, so I think that no matter what's going on, I think they're going to hold them. But okay. because if you if you don't, I think that that a lot of Americans will be, will come unglued. Mm-hmm. I think as as a nation, speaking specifically for America, as, as a nation, <clears throat> I think we can deal with rationing. I, I think we can deal with changing in production lines. You mm-hmm. know, there are a number of companies now that have said that they'll, you know, like General Motors and others, they'll switch their production lines to make whatever is needed, 3M and, you know, various other corporations. But I think that if you don't hold the elections, I think, I mean, I think that, that, that for a short period of time, we can even, as a people, we can even rationalize, you know, martial law. If, if, if we all believe that it will solve the problem, I think people will buy into it for a period of time. But I think that if you don't hold the elections, I think people are going to come unglued. Because right. at yeah, that point, so the time is now. We, yeah. have to, we have to lock it down. We have to shut it down. Because otherwise, it is going to threaten the election. They're already talking about delaying or postponing the Olympics. And at this point, uh, you know, they should just cancel it because we don't have the situation under control. Uh, I think the elections could happen, could still go on because a lot of I don't know if a lot is maybe the right word. I don't know how many states vote by mail here in Oregon. We vote by mail. So unless the mail gets contaminated, uh, I think we'll be okay. We can we can still vote. I mean. Very fewer and fewer places are actually still going to the polls. So, mm-hmm. yeah, here we're like in my in my voting zone, we're basically required to vote by mail. <coughs> so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that it, as long as we're able to vote, that the the method, a simple, easy method is provided, I think it'll be okay. I think if they see if they stop it, I think Americans will come unglued. I just, because of the way we are, you know, as a, as a unit, our country, if you, I know it sounds funny, but if you think about it, our country is very young. We haven't existed for very long Mm -hmm. compared to other countries. Right. Yeah. And I think that we still have a, a very strong ideology of individualism and self, you know, um, self sufficiency, um, and I think that if if you take that away, you know the the people will would lose faith in the government, and mm-hmm. at that point, I think they would riot, and it, it would just not not be a very good time for anybody. Right. 
But don't you think there's still well, going to be some amount of looting and, and rioting as this progresses? It really depends. I mean, I, I think I'm not a big fan of draconian action. I think you know that. But in some of the larger cities where they have very high population densities, I think that you're going to get to a point potentially where you have to do that. I mean, if you look at New York, New York mm-hmm. is already locking, really locking it down. Yeah. And if they can, if they can keep it under control, you know, then I think we'll be all right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it really, we've been, we've had a, a fairly crappy response to this so far. And I think right, right about now we're starting to kind of catch a clue. And yep. I think as long as we catch the clue now, we can contain it. Because mm-hmm. if those, if you think about it, right, what, what is one of the principal factors that stopped the Vietnam War? It was the filming of the body bags coming back. Americans mm-hmm. in general have a very low tolerance for death mm-hmm. of Americans that's needless. Yeah. And it's one of the things that turned the tide against Afghanistan and Iraq. That's why there's overwhelming support to pull us out because it's like, okay, bin Laden's dead. That's why we went there. Let's just get out of there. Now we're not going to fix this. Nobody fixes that place. Just let them do their own thing. But it's also because, you know, we saw the body count increase and increasing. And if we start seeing the body count rise, right. And Mm -hmm. we're seeing trucks like in Italy, trucks driving down the street with, you know, filled with coffins to go be incinerated because you can't, the crematoriums are overloaded. The mm-hmm. Americans will become very frightened. And when they do that and they become very unnerved and that's when you'll see them start to protest and inevitably mm-hmm. those protests will turn nasty. It doesn't right. matter if you're on the right. It doesn't matter if you're on the left. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle, you know, once it starts, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The minute mm-hmm. that people start rioting, there's going to be bonfires. There's going to be looting. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of control it to keep that from happening. And I think in, you know, in New York is a prime example of them trying to, trying to head that off. Well, and I'll just butt in here that uh, President Trump has actually ordered the National Guard to New York, California, and Washington State. And there was a very interesting thing that he said. He said that uh, through FEMA, the federal government will be funding 100% of the cost of deploying National Guard units to carry out approved missions to stop the virus while those governors remain in command. So they'll still give local jurisdictions the power, but the National Guard is going to be called in to, again, carry out approved missions to stop the virus, which could be telling people, stay in your homes, stopping people from leaving their homes, confronting people on the streets. Uh, Here we are. It's on our doorstep. It's, yep. also, it's also interesting, though, that they, they chose the National Guard because the National Guard, within the, the con- construction of the military, the National Guard has a very interesting situation because the, the military itself can't those the National Guard technically reports to the governor. So the, the National Guard can carry out policing actions. The, the military cannot. They're actually there are a number of laws in place that prevent the military except in, in extreme circumstances to do those things. So, you know, that's consistent with the way things are supposed to work, that they would send the national guard in like, like the new Rochelle thing, they send the national guard in there 
you know, so I'm, I wasn't surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Whoa. This has been a really heavy show guys. It's a, it's a heavy subject. subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any, uh, parting, uh, words for us, Jeremy? Well, I would say, uh, expect that the lockdowns will grow. Uh, mm-hmm. it's three States now. Uh, it may be 10 by tomorrow or 15 by the end of the week. It may be the entire nation within the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I really only see one way to stop this, and that's to shut it all down. It's mm-hmm. very clear to me that we yeah. don't know all the areas that it's in. We don't right. know all the area where uh, places where it is spreading. We don't know yeah. all the age groups that are affected. Because first they said it was just the older generation. We're not seeing that. They, I saw uh, statistics that 50% of the hospitalizations were people under the age of 60. And mm-hmm. many of them yeah. were millennials uh, or maybe just older than that. Um, and so as the information changes and evolves, it becomes very clear that we don't have a, a full grasp or a handle on the situation. And so we have to shut it all down and we have to gain that control because otherwise it's just going to continue to spread. There is right. going to be looting. There is going to be rioting. There is going to be more deaths. And none of it needs to happen um, if we just shut it all down now. And that's where I think we're headed. That's where I think we should be headed. And I think everybody just needs to prepare for, for that day and age. Yep. And as conspiratorial as I am, I, I actually agree with you. It's I think it, the only way to stop it is to stop the transmission. Mm-hmm. And that, that, is, that comes down to me in a... heavy duress but you know again we just have to be like i said uh encouraging one another and just doing the best we can with what we have i'll I'll tell you something ron you know the other day i was uh i was i had gone to the store and obviously i i you know have planned ahead but i i went to the store and i saw that the shelves on the toilet paper i know it's a big joke and memes and all this there's actually a really funny meme with the Thunderdome. I think it's hilarious, but you know, I, I went in and I, and I walked through the aisle where the toilet paper should be. And there's none. It's mm-hmm. just bone dry. And I, you know, I have a, a I, I have a, a different strategy than most people. Like I'll decide where I'm going. I want to get gas for my car and I'll hit the stores on the way. Cause each, each store is good at some, something different, right? One has eggs, one has toilet paper, one has flour, whatever. Yeah. But one thing that I saw is that the toilet paper was empty at all of them. And I thought, you know, that's, that's kind of crappy. And so, you know, I, I don't really use Facebook for much beyond the baking and the paranoid baking and, and paranoia and stupid memes and stuff like that. I don't really go into my personal life or anything like that. That's my deal to deal with myself. But it really dawned on me that all these people are posting, oh my God, I'm running out of toilet paper. So what I did is I, I took some of the toilet paper that I have because I have extra and I made a little sign that said, Hey, if you need toilet paper, here's some toilet paper. And I left it in front of my house. I've given out, I think 20 rolls of toilet paper. I think I've given out maybe 10 
I'm, I'm running out of my give it away supply, but I think maybe 10, 10 packages of, of paper towels. Mm -hmm. And I just, I put a little, you know, it takes a village, man. And I I put a a little, uh, a little table in front of my house with a sign. It says it's, if you, it's, this is free. If you need it, take it. If you don't leave it. And if you Mm -hmm. have extra, leave it here. Somebody will take it. And I would, I would call out to, in this time of peril and this moment when we're all freaked out, myself included, you know, try to put some good into the world. And if you have an extra, just one extra roll of toilet paper, you know, make Mm -hmm. a little sign. Hey, if you need this roll, take it. And I I think we should all do something like that. You know, if you have a neighbor that's old and can't get out of the house and you're Mm -hmm. already going to the store, buy some extra stuff for them. But they don't have to be exposed. But, you know, put some good back into the world. Mm-hmm. You know, if you put good out, you get good back. So let's, you know, all you people that are listening, you know, we love our listeners, but do, do something positive in this time of peril and, you know, give away right. a roll of toilet paper or trade. You know, I just traded with my neighbors. They had a bunch of uh, oranges and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I traded them some toilet paper for some oranges. But, you know, Ordering. I'm going to make some. Yeah, I'm going to make some marmalade and then my other neighbor makes uh, sourdough bread. So I get some sourdough bread for some marmalade, you know, mm-hmm. just do, do something and help each other out. Right. I think it's Good important. Wisdom, That's my Jim. public service message. <laughs> Good words of wisdom. Yeah. And I think well, it's important. Know, to, I think it's important to laugh during these times because everybody oh, is yeah. so, you know, uptight and everything. One of the funniest memes I've seen uh, was the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have you guys seen that one? I didn't know. It's got the gun that you know he has in Terminator. It's just loaded with toilet paper, and it says, "Follow me if you want to shit." (laughs) (laughs) I I, I still like the Thunderdome one. The Thunderdome one's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it's it has it all broken out. It's like boomers, you're basically going to croak. You know, Zoom millennials, you're going to argue over the last avocado. Zoomers can't be trusted with toilet paper. And then it shows the Thunderdome and it mm-hmm. says, uh, it says, welcome to the Thunderdome motherfucker. <laughs> For Gen- it's all Gen X. It says Gen X. Welcome to Thunderdome motherfuckers. <laughs> I just thought that was the funniest thing. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got to find humor and in, in despair sometimes. So Jeremy Scott, I, for coming on the show where can people yeah, uh thank you help? uh com. that's my website it's been an honor being on both of your uh on your in your program uh, olaf and ron and i'd be glad to come back at any thank time you. uh i will yeah. be uh following the uh, the coronavirus uh you know till the end and even beyond uh, i'll try to do a program each week or every other week but you know we got to focus on some other stuff as well because we do have to keep our mind uh, off of this, uh, but we still have to we still have to keep our eyes on the situation. So it's a it's an eyes on eyes off kind of situation where yeah. we need to take our mind off it, but we also need to discuss it and we need to take it seriously. And so, uh, you know, this next week, I'm really going to focus more on, um, you know, the spookier side of the paranormal. And so folks can go to my website, hey. paranormalradio.com. And they can get more information there. And, of course, follow me on social media. And I have a YouTube channel as well. And I post my shows often there on YouTube as often as I can get them converted with everything else that I'm doing in the world. So thank you both for having right. me on. It's been my pleasure.
pleasure, and uh, I will stay listening to the show. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun. I know I talked too much, but <laughs> it was it was quite fun having you on. I definitely I think we should have you on again. Maybe yeah. you know, in a couple of podcasts, we can go over the latest. Mm-hmm. I'd love, I'd love to. And, and Olaf should go normal into the paranormal show too. Wouldn't that be something special? Oh yeah, I'd love to have you guys on. Yeah, I, I'm not good on really good podcasts. I'm just I'm just relegated to the uh, lower. Well, I'll have, then I'll, I'd love to have Olaf on. I didn't want to hurt your feelings, Ron. <laughs> Thank you very much. Ron's, Ron's great. He does mind control like nobody I know. Oh, He's I know. Fantastic on the mind control stand. You're telling me. Oh yeah. 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 We, we might start yeah. up the MKZ magazine too. So, but we got to get uh, paranoia up and running again, and uh, maybe yeah. we can do MK kind of get into the transhuman aspect of uh, mind control. Ooh, I think I think we need to get MKZ back up and running. Uh, I've had a lot of requests, Olaf, and I'll share more information about that later on. Yes. Well, Ron, I think we've come to the end of this splentacular episode. Uh, I just want to thank our listeners again. You know, you know how we are. We take breaks, but uh, Ron and I had a had a conclave, and we decided, especially now, you know, mm-hmm. there, we've got some free time, so let's let's get on the ball and get it done. And we're we're discussing the next issue of paranoia and how we, what we want to do with that. So, you know, more more good things come in. There's an app coming, and, and we're looking at some other things to do. So, you know, we're it's amateur hour over here at Paranoia, but we, we like to think we're putting out good info, and, you know, we're very approachable. So, mm-hmm. you know, thanks thanks for listening. We love our listeners to death, and, and we appreciate your support and listening and, and sending us feedback. And you know how to reach us. We're easy to find, paranoiamagazine.com. Paranoia Magazine on Facebook. You can find me and Ron on Facebook and read about my baking adventures and my adventures in general. I go, well, not right now, but normally I go to some weird places. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Anyway, Ron? Take good care and keep the faith. Aloha, guys. And remember, it takes a village. So in this time of strife and, and uh, confusion and fear, make sure you take care of each other. And, and you take care of your neighbors and, you know, it takes a village. So put good out, get good back. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, like I said, aloha. Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now. Paranoiamagazine.com Intro theme, The Guide was composed by Scott Moon, scottmoon.net. Outro theme, Fighting Trousers, is by Professor Elemental, professorelemental.com. Voiceover written and performed by Mr. Lobo, host of Cinema Insomnia. Watch new episodes on OSI 74. Visit us at osi74.com. We are resuming control for now. <laughs>